0: And so our guest is a regular favorite, Dr. Taling Mofukeng, our jet-setting medical doctor, passionate activist, facilitator, speaker, columnist, and TV show host. She serves as a vice chairperson of the Sexual and Reproductive Justice Coalition, that's the SRJC. She's an all-round awesome human being fighting the good fight for black women and their sexual rights. She joins us again this evening. Good evening, and welcome back, Doc. Hello, chums. How are you? Sharp or
1: Sharp. How's your jet lag? (laughs) I was just going (laughs) to tattoo. My body is here, but I think my brain is somewhere (laughs) across the Atlantic. Catching up, but we well, good. We good otherwise. <laughs> you, you'll do yourself well by collecting your brain from wherever it is. I mean, what it feels like it every time tonight? I'm I'm landing, I'm in studio, which is a good habit. I think we we've got it going here. We figured ourselves out. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, a few of our listeners
0: have written in concerned. How how is it that each time Dr. T is in studio, she's forever coming from some place? <laughs> and I said, well, follow her on Twitter. You may just start to understand. Yeah, no, this fight is a global. good time. Absolutely, (laughs) and and we're proud of that, just by the way. You're going to fill us in on that. Now would be a good time, however, to remind our listeners that uh, this part of the show is of a sexual nature. It would therefore be advisable that you don't listen with your young ones. We know it's school holidays, and uh, if you are a liberal parent and so choose to enjoy the show with your young ones, please do exercise some parental guidance. Yeah, Tonight we'll be taking your calls on anything and everything sexually related. We have our favorite Dr. T in studio. It can be literally anything. That's been bothering you sexually anything you're curious or awkward about you can send your voice notes to zero seven one three six zero two six three eight or you can call in on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven alternatively you can email me copedi at metrofm.co.za, or tweet me at copedi africa my dms are open you can also tweet her at dr taling remember to hashtag metro fm
1: talk welcome back doc. You know, I'm from this beautiful city called Aspen in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It was my first time ever in Aspen. I've always seen it in postcards and it looks just like the postcards. It's absolutely stunning. Um, and Aspen was the location for what's called the Aspen Ideas Festival. And right. in 2018, I was attending the Spotlight Health um, Part of that festival, and of course, being an Aspen um, New Voices Fellow, um, you know, I was invited there as to be part of the people who are presenting, um, giving um, a speech, and then I was on a panel, um, and then I did like some Facebook Live and really just mingled with people. Um, it's basically like one of the premier gatherings where you have many people from um, you know across the globe in many different disciplines just really engaging in deep conversations that shape Mm -hmm. our lives and really challenge you know our worldviews but also very much about solutions so now that these are the problems but what do we actually want so it was really really amazing time um, that I spent there.
0: When you were invited and when you initially looked at the program who are you most looking to hearing from?
1: Okay, so there was a panel on um, good feminists and bad feminists, which was really amazing. Mm. Um, Brittany, um, ugh, I forget her, her name now, she's a professor. Um, and um, Tarana Burks was there, the founder of the Me Too, the original founder, the black woman. And um, they had two other uh, women on the panel. Um, I looked forward to when i mean found out a few days before arrival that... Um, uh, there would be you know some people that I've worked with in the space around advocacy for abortion access um, mm-hmm. like the president of IWHC Francoise Girard she was there we were on a panel together um, and I look forward to seeing um, US Senator Cory Booker who is really just an inspirational individual has that Obama-esque feel about him um, <laughs> obama <Obama-esque. laughs> in every way he's he's gorgeous to look at and even better okay, to listen right. to right. and he's right. from New Jersey which is in the state of New York City that I love um, yeah, I so yeah yeah right, and mm-hmm. I mean, and the, the really one thing I really like about him is that people are now sort of saying he could be the next president of the United States. So I really wanted to be there to like sort of understand and and look at his politics and just get his view on the world and, and mm-hmm. the problems. Um, and I and I think just being in that space where I mean we often hear of these conventions, right? I mean there was like about I think four thousand people that were attending, so it's a lot sure. of people and um. To just be in a space where um I think people are in the same sort of frame of mind, we're all there. To want to share and learn but most importantly we are there and committed to creating better world better spaces better workplaces better humans and I think it's so nice especially for someone who works on issues that I deal with I'm yes. often fighting or in a combative type of thing <laughs> but to just be in a space once <laughs> we're like yeah like it's, it's a lot right but to be in a space we're like yeah like we want to hear like link these issues for us and what are the problems and what must we do so it's really really been quite energizing um and, and filled with Lot of lot of emotions and I got to meet Ava Duvernay, who is the well, I mean I mean I, mean, I, kill it, bon, I kill what, what were you times. doing with Ava and Click? Ever, I've been meaning to ask. <laughs> Ever. Okay, so about? Aspen Institute has lots of different little um uh suppose sub sub uh schools in a way. So they've got the health programs, but they also have an arts program. And if I like myself, I'm involved with the Institute, but as a fellow, she's Mm -hmm. also involved in the art. So I had tweeted that I'd really, really love to see Eva DuVernay one day. I mean, I love her too, but I really love her. For those who don't know, she's a producer of Wrinkle in Time and she's like Queen Sugar. She's amazing. Um, and, And so like I always had this thing. So when the organizers of the festival try to Google my name to get my spelling because everyone knows about the spelling of my name you must get it right so they googled in the morning preparing for my Facebook interview then of course as the internet works right it populates all these algorithms and they suddenly found this tweet that I wanted to meet Ava no. but they knew that Ava was coming to do a Facebook live interview after me like an hour or two so they were like what what is this so they obviously then behind the scenes work to make that happen um oh, and I met her like by the time I met her she knew who I was she knew I was gonna meet her she was like tell me tell me tell me the things and i'm like what hold on i'm supposed to be like asking you like whatever Alec, but it you. was listen babes it was levels upon levels upon levels and like we chilled for like a good 20 minutes we like just, you know she took my phone and she's like taking selfies with my, yeah, mom. my like, mom. What? What? what 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 yeah but anyway so it was like all of these incredible moments that happen and like they just fill your cup and you're like okay you know what i can do this this shitty world okay sorry we can't use those words but in a very very bad I world believe. at the moment um some, some things happen and you really just find yourself so silly and all of that. But I think it's good. It's good sometimes to just have fun and let your head down and remember that it's really not always, always just gloom and doom. So, yeah.
0: I, I think that moment with Eva is, is what's called the universe conspiring.
1: It really did. I mean, in a big way. Um, and this is the story of my life. The universe answers me very quickly. That's why I'm very careful on what questions are put out there to the universe. And you know, she had originally printed um, that uh, quote, I am my ancestor's wildest dreams. And she had put that t-shirt on and and Instagrammed it and tweeted, you know, it like months, months, months ago. And myself and Niklo Konolo who you had in studio a few weeks ago had printed Mm -hmm. those because when I went to him for his graduation, we had like had these twinning t-shirt slogans, right? And every day we decide which one we're wearing. And of course. Course, then I had this t-shirt and then so after I met her because I knew that on Saturday she was on a panel I was like mm, Saturday must be a good time to wear that t-shirt so then I wore the t-shirt and she's like oh my gosh that's my coat I'm like right I know and so we had this h- whole other thing oh my gosh it was just glorious it was just you know really what? glorious I can't even explain
0: about Loyola, they must just leave you alone <laughs> all right me included all right but I'm curious you mentioned something that piqued my interest uh-huh. um part of the program part of the things that were being discussed is Good feminists versus bad feminists. What was that about?
1: I mean, it's playing on the cheeky idea. And, and especially now where a lot of women are, you know, people are reading more away and finding themselves within um, the feminist movement. What is this feminism? Is it for me? Am right. I a good feminist? Because we are all living with life's contradictions. Yes. Um, we're all having relationships with family members, with friends, with colleagues who are problematic and we are aware sometimes of that problematicness. And... Um, you know, we, we, we then have to navigate that. What does it mean and what does this look like and how do you move within all of these spaces? And I think because of again with just with global politics and all the attacks on women's rights and reproductive rights, um, is that we are now finding ourselves having to be really, really deliberate in how we bring in feminist theory, we bring in issues again and interfacing intersectionality, using human rights law reproductive justice what does this all of it mean and i think it's it's i mean for me of course i'm i'm a healthcare professional i'm i'm mm-hmm. always interrogating what does my feminism mean in healthcare and i think what that panel was trying to do is look at what was feminism in the 60s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s all the way through to this moment in time where we find ourselves so connected globally but with very specific and nuanced problems locally whether you are a black american woman in the u.s or you are a latino woman in south america or you are a black woman in south africa so we are trying to find each other but also then define what is this and who are good feminists and who are bad feminists Hopefully, without boxing individuals. It was an amazing, amazing clip that I can share with you guys. I mean, I'll I'll share it on my timeline. It's an hour long, so you need good data, but it's mm-hmm. really very fascinating. Um, and I don't think even when they planned that panel, they had what transpired in mind. I think everybody was surprised at only the at, at the level of engagement, but also of how some people were then exposed on the panel as being some of the weakest links that us as black women have always known Hmm. to be the weakest links. I won't tell you too much, but watch it. But then to watch and be affirmed that, in fact, what you always knew is really playing out. And this is what it is. And let's confront the problems or the issues that that make us not work well together as women across racial lines. But let's also then look at the issues of gender and gender nonconformity issues of black lesbian women about, you know, um, you know, and the power dynamics there that are then you know are brought on by issues of not just race, but but also gender, class, you know, all of those please things. Please share, please share. I think it
0: would it would do amazing for perspective if 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 nothing else. Uh, we we talk about inter interconnectivity, and and we live in this world where we are so similar yet so different, mm. and conversations are going on, and which is what I'd like you to maybe reflect on when we come back from the break. You you travel all over telling um, you talk all over and and, and I, I'm curious as to knowing where South Africa's concern how how do we measure up where issues of sexual health, sexual pleasure, sexual rights, um, issues like abortion, contraceptives, how do we measure up with the rest of the world? Um, we'd like to think of ourselves as a progressive nation. Is that the case? You know we take a break and when we come back the conversation continues. in this is metro fm talk i'm your host my name is Dilokwe. in studio in johannesburg we have our favorite dr taling uh, at dr Tlaling on twitter do show her some love and you can also tweet her your questions this is the monthly date it's our sex talk open line you can also tweet me and uh, send your Voice notes on our WhatsApp line, 71 360 You can call us on 89 We're taking your questions on anything and everything sexually related. Sexual health, pleasure, rights, anything. It could be any, anything. And uh, she will guide us from then on. Taleng, before the break, I, I was asking, how how do we measure up as South Africans um, against the rest of the world, where conversation on on sexual rights are concerned,'
1: okay, so one thing about South Africans um is that we have a very rich lived experience, mm-hmm. so we don't theorize about migration, we don't theorize about racial inequality, we're not theorizing about you know gender stereotypes and how that impacts you know our ability to thrive as women. um a lot of what we bring is very, very rich experiences. Um ah. but also um a survival because, um, we you know we did go through that stuff, and yet here we are right so mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. have a very um we are very resilient and and I think we carry that with us, and people can't often they can't believe what it is that we're saying is literally happening or happened to us, really, and yet we're saying it as a matter of fact and not like literally you know, everything comes to a halt. Like it's, it's very and you don't realise how traumatized we are as South Africans until you leave. So like simple things like how you hold your handbag in public. Simple things like the fact that you don't you think you can't leave your phone when you're going to pee in a dinner table you know, of people um, in like in in an outside, you know, um, dining area. So, and, and that's, that's true for all other areas of our lives. And often when you start sharing like your, your personal lives and your stories about how people, you know, got to do what they do. um, What often strikes me as South Africans is that we go through a lot and, and, and I think that's what makes us rich. we we're not we're not theorizing about life and things here. We have real real lived experience if not you, you know someone immediately who has gone through something. Um, and I think that's why I suppose that the world loves South Africans in general, regardless of what industry you are in or what field you are in. Um, and I find that you know we 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 are too, we are too nice. too much as South Africans. Really? Yes, yes. We are not we are not bold enough. We are not unapologetic enough. Um and I think people overseas often think, "Oh, you guys are so humble." And I think for me there's a line between being humble and just and being, being and, and and just waiting too much. But what what the exposure for me is doing like on on these international spaces um it affirms the fact that man we've got this man. Like like, man, we are it, man. Like, no mm-hmm. one can tell us anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We, we we mustn't so just use... Yeah, we mustn't use this thing of respectability. And again, it's traumas of the past, you know? If black people went out of line or we were seen or pe- even perceived to be not towing the line that sometimes meant death, right? So even True. the way we were raised, a lot of the people that raised us carried those traumas. So they were raising us to also toe the line, behave well, don't disrupt authority mm. too much, you know. Mm. But I think mm. we 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 realize and recognize that. Um, and, and I think the more we are in these spaces and the more um, we excel, the more we believe in ourselves even more. So I think it's not a bad thing to be too humble or to be too sort of like... Um, but what it does do is show us with a little bit that we think we have, yet through some of the most extraordinary circumstances, we come out, we make it, we are there, we are seen, we are heard, we are visible. Um, it, 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 it's very affirming. Visible. It's very affirming. Yeah.
0: For those of you listening and wondering what this medical doctor is doing, traveling to faraway countries and forever coming back, complaining of jet lag and <laughs> dedicating an entire hour to taking your questions on sex, here's a bit of Tlaleng magic that she delivered oh at uh, Colorado. Take a listen. I was on my way to the United States 1 September And I was on my way to receive the 120 40 award, which was recognizing a new
1: generation
0: of did you have to be speaking such hard truths when you're so
1: far away from home? I guess you have no choice. huh? You know when they say, tell us your story. Ah. And I have lots of stories to tell just by default of seeing and meeting so many different people, right? And I think in the days leading up to that, the challenge for me was how personal do I get and how much mm-hmm. do I speak just in general terms about like medicine and da And... That literally came to me, like it—it just—it literally poured out of me, and and I remember, you know, even now as I'm sitting here with you, like my heart is literally pumping fast because, of of of, you know, when I when even when I describe all that adrenaline and the dry mouth and the heart and everything, like I literally felt mm-hmm. that as I was giving that speech, and it just speaks to them. Sometimes you think you deal with stuff and then you think you're over it. And then in different contexts, in different environments, or for different reasons, suddenly you're connecting with that emotion or with that experience in a totally different way. Um, And yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that that happened and yeah, and I I spoke about it in a room full of 90% white people, most of those white men. So, you know, saying things like white supremacy, you know, disguised as aid and... It's it, it's speaking your truth because I'm, I wasn't there to be liked. Um, yes, yes. I, you know, it is my story. That's what they wanted to know. Why do you do what you do, Daling? Like, yeah. why can't you just sit yeah. in a hospital or a clinic somewhere and just be a doctor, like, and just get on with it, right? Mm. Um, mm. And so it was important, again, because there's this fetishized idea of what black people who look like they have made it, as supposed to make yes. whiteness comfortable, does yes. that make sense? I hear so you. my truth is my truth, and I'm not there for people's comforts or whatever. If you don't like it, well, then fine. You sit with it, and you decide why you don't like what I'm saying. Yeah, let it make you uncomfortable. Yeah, you know. And I think we 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 go through enough in a day. We 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 um. We are always aware of how to act, how to be, don't be too loud, don't this, that like there's just so much that, and we aren't even aware of the stuff. It's so ingrained in us, right? And so to stand there and just literally say what I had to say and figuratively drop my mic, it was liberating. Um, but it was also very scary. I can imagine. Um, it was very scary. Um, but that that's what you do, right? You, you 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 speak your truth because it is yours. And that's it. The end of the story. Yeah. And
0: as for that experience on the flight where they asked for a doctor or something <laughs> a, a, a medical personnel, you raised your hand and you were uh, ignored.
1: You know what? That <laughs> happens all the time. I mean, just I can give an example as, as a community service doctor in Krugerstop at the um, at that hospital, um, I can't remember the name Yusuf Dadu. I've had mm-hmm. white patients say all the time, We're waiting for the doctor and people are like, What okay. do you mean, the doctor? You know? Um it, it, it's it's we we as a black woman we we know that I mean even when when my WhatsApp was inundated with my friends even say oh my gosh Lali, I can't believe you actually said this oh my gosh thanks for saying it because mm. even in that flight if it was a black man he would have been believed that he's a doctor because he's got the gender thing I've going if I've it was you. a white man obviously and in this case they even went for a psychologist who's completely non clinical which <laughs> is actually the joke of it all you are rather choosing to risk death even transatlantic yeah than believe that this body that looks like me has any capability to give you the expertise we require at this moment, right? So, it, it, but it also speaks again to this microaggression. So, it's, it's, it's this subliminal racism um, that we often, when, as black people raise it, we are told we are too sensitive. But it's I, only when other black people say, no man, this also happened to me, then suddenly we see each other. And we recognize these things in each other. And then it validates your experience. Because often when you are the only black woman in a flight to Turkey. Okay, there's only so much assertion you can do. And, and one of the other emotions that I never shared in that clip. Is how at some point I was like, gottale, You can't even speak up for yourself. But I think I was too deflated and too dejected by that feeling. But the memory of the trauma, of previous traumas. Left me completely so incapable of doing anything for myself. Paralyzed and that is exactly almost. why I am hell I am hell on re- going away from this view that people are helpless or voiceless. There are things that make you not be heard. There are things that make you, and there are assumptions and situations and contexts that make certain people remain marginalized and vulnerable. Because you hurt me in that thing. I'm not mm-hmm. someone who couldn't have mm-hmm. asserted myself in that plane. But I didn't mm. need to sell myself like my friend Kakizo says. I'm not a you know, a model. I don't need to sell myself to you. Either you believe I can save your life or yeah. you don't. But yeah. the point is, even in those situations, um, stuff happens. And, and, and you find yourself like, what? Huh? What? um, And, and yeah, and that's what happened.
0: I think it's so unfortunate, but the reality is it is so telling. And this is why we can never stop talking. This is why we can never stop high-fiving each other in our respective corners, because exactly. it is when you're alone on that flight to mm-hmm. Turkey and when there's nobody who looks like you, mm-hmm. that you then remember the love mm. back home and the appreciation of those that truly, truly look up to you and love you. It yeah. is that that carries you when nobody else is watching. And when you, when you the world tries to shrink you, when when everything else around you says shine, Tlali, Mm-hmm. i'm not going to hug you it is mm-hmm. almost half past eight we're going to take a break when we come back we're taking your call zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven the number again zero eight nine double hey what's that number zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven that's it when we come back from this here you can ask about anything and everything sexually related as per usual I'm going to start with the emails that we did not get to attend to the last time you were here at Leling. And uh, this one reads, uh, please keep me anonymous. I'm on my third trimester and I'm at my horniest. Problem is my husband (laughs) is convinced he'll hurt the baby. I know he also enjoys it, but he claims we should be responsible parents. At this point, I feel like detaching my bump just so we can do pointers. We are listening together right now. Doctor, please help.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a common one. I love how we're just changing gears. It's like, it's the best. Um. So, look, I, and I know this, like, because I've heard the stories before. There's these myths that if, you know, and, and I don't know why, but it's it's a lot of men hold the myth that if they have sex with... um. Their pregnant partner or a pregnant person, um, that for somehow they're going to hurt, you know, the fetus and all of that. And they, there's really no truth to it, okay? When you fall pregnant, um, not fall, actually, people don't just trip and fall pregnant. When you yeah. get pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> when you get pregnant, um, there are changes that happen in the pelvis, in the genitalia, and one of the most important ones is that there's a very, very thick mucus plug that mm-hmm. sits in the cervix to prevent things like infections or any unwanted, you know, um, uh, interaction with, with the external genitalia and of course then the internal genitalia leading to the uterus and the placenta and then the uterus. So um, there is no concern. What I often say to people is if you are someone of like high risk pregnancy or you've got Mm -hmm. um, some obstetric history that's, you know, um, uh, of concern, for example, if you have something called incompetent cervix um, or you've had multiple miscarriages and, you know, Mm -hmm. early losses in pregnancy um, or any other medical, even dermatological problems around the genitalia, right? you don't then just want to take it for granted that you'll be okay. Just always okay. make sure that you see your gynae or your doctor or your nurse who's taking care of you and have this discussion from when you start you know, attending antenatal care because then you can start alleviating some of the myths um, and getting the correct information. So by the time you're in the third trimester, you're not only there in talking about sex. Um, and I think sometimes people think it's uncomfortable. So take a pillow and put it underneath your abdomen when you're having sex, depending mm-hmm. on the position you're doing. Doggy style is always the best with a pillow underneath. First, it supports your own abdomen because it doesn't right. just hang. And it makes you much more comfortable because of the pressure. And remember, always say, talk when you're having sex. Give give instructions. You know, say if it's feeling nice or go deeper or slower or shallower, whatever it is. Um, and, 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 and really just enjoy yourself. There's no reason, um, you know, once you've been cleared by your doctor that everything is fine, that you shouldn't be enjoying sex. And often a lot of women have some of their best sex when they are pregnant because of the increased blood supply to the genitalia and the pelvis. You did mention this. Yeah, yes. so the labia um, get a little bit swollen. They look swollen, but they're not. It's just the increased engorgement of the blood supply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your clitoris um, is much, much, much more engorged than usual. Um, of course, then it means it's much more sensitive. Um and what you enjoyed before you were pregnant maybe something completely different um to what you're enjoying now that you are pregnant and again let's just have an open mind because just because i liked something before i was pregnant doesn't mean now i'm going to like it and um you know if i don't like it there's something drastically wrong we need to allow each other space and freedoms to express ourselves but to enjoy ourselves um and communicate during sex and i mean google is good for you know for for what we always say you know um isn't good for but you know you can get some really really good apps that are for pregnancy and they can give you some ideas in terms of positions that are comfortable and like with any woman oh, I always I yes that. well I mean I'm, you know me right I'm the queen okay. of sex threats but I've done this before I must find those old <laughs> tweets um, you know of positions about pure, uh, pregnancy sex and all of that and yeah I mean just enjoy yourself enjoy your body and I mean like yeah I'm just really thrilled for you an app Yeah, there's an app for pregnant women to help with their sex lives. Well, it has other things and one of the things that, you know, some of them, I mean, not all of them. I mean, remember, sexual pleasure Mm. is still a thing, right? You won't find a lot of resources where they are just dedicated purely to sexual pleasure. But you will find some good websites where they will give you like illustrations of um, positions that are comfortable. Interesting. Second email. My husband is currently
0: stressed. 2018 has not been very kind to us financially. He has absolutely no desire in getting intimate. I mean this. I've tried various, and then in brackets, previously successful methods. Mm. He one day even joked that if he could afford it, he would give me the money so I could go buy myself some fun. I I hate sounding like a brat, but I have needs too.
1: Give the money. Give the money. We no, will outsource Akiri, the pleasure She's saying 2018 yeah. has not been very kind to them so, financially Okay so what I like firstly is there is some humour in this relationship So that's a good thing So you at least you've got something to work with and secondly, they're still talking and I haven't, I mean, it's very short, right? So we can't really do like a thorough um, evaluation, but I'm not feeling any resentment or anything like that that has built up. Um, she's kind of seeing this, you know, train approaching and saying, okay, hold on, there might be a problem here. And I think, you know, we really, um, we we don't speak enough about not just medical conditions and how they affect sexuality, but just our mental health about how work pressures, financial stress, um, and just literally being busy at work or being a traveler like myself. You're mm-hmm. fighting, you know, your body basically often is running on adrenaline. Then you get the post-adrenaline dip. Um, you, you are probably not even eating well, firstly. And you probably, again, like some of us, don't exercise as much as you should be exercising. So by the time all of these other stresses, which are external, find you, You are already internally kinda you know, so already. And I often say sexual therapy for couples and counselling for couples, you don't have to wait for something wrong or bad to happen. Ah yes. So this is the exactly the couple that I would suggest see a sex therapist who's got the obviously the right, you know, uh, outlook and everything, who's not going to reinforce stereotypes of when well, a woman must always, you know, make sure that the man gets sex. you're like, you know, you know those stereotypes, right? right. But look at this couple in totality and say to them, what was your sex life? What worked well then? Where are you today Prior and to what do you stress. want going forward? And it's little steps. You know, I always say, like, you know, in winter, the cars, you know, how we start the You man? Hey, there's a difference. It's you like that with tags. sex. If you want to move this car, guess what you're going to do? You're going to have to start that car. So use um, erotic um, poetry, um, magazines, books, read to him maybe, um there's some lovely music playlist that you can download while you're cooking or while he's getting ready to sleep at night. Whatever it is, right? And when you find say while you're cooking, you're talking about cooking actual food in the kitchen. <laughs> or oh, other, eh, oh, and, and other things. Right. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, yeah, both and both ways, actually, you are correct. I mean, and doing something simple like cooking together, right? Build intimacy and maybe um Hugging, spooning in bed together, right? Uh, and just kickstart that, that intimacy. Um, because often we, we fixate on that lack of sex, but yet we don't really look at the build up to that mm. sex. And perhaps he's, mm. or he's right. He's like, I don't really feel like sex, right? And she's like, I want to have sex. But maybe what she should be thinking is, let me create the atmosphere. For yes, intimacy. Let I've me create the atmosphere for for that lust. You know, and then to the sex the, will happen mm, on I've its own, you. right? And by the time it happens, no one's gonna feel pressured, no one is gonna feel like they are expected to be performing in certain ways. Um and you know I always say guys, before things become habit, you kinda have to consciously think about them. So maybe yes. go back to the old trick of writing, you know, on a piece of paper different ideas of dates or different things to do, buy some dice that like you can roll and to be like kiss on the hip or kiss on the thigh or whatever it is as a form, excuse me, of foreplay as a form of trying to break that ice because often or people code feel like, even between lovers. Hey, yeah, yeah, People it's, feel like hey, and then I thought maybe on the right shoulder that kick starts, but now it's not working. And so maybe ask me, ask me exactly and thing. be like, but babes what, what would you like? Would you like a massage? What would... And sometimes mm. intimacy is time on my own. Do you know that? Intimate civil couples can include time apart. And time apart means you need to get in touch with yourself. You need to realign yourself with who you are. Because you also can come, I know 50-50, We always said, but I believe in 100-100. You can't come 50-50. Because it means to fill you, you're going to leave me empty. If it's like a 50-50. Wait, what? So we right. need to come each other with, to each other whole. But I really like the fact that I'm not you know, detecting any resentment yet. She's kind of looking at it. And I like the fact that there's human in the relationship. And depending on how open they are in the relationship, I've got couples who literally outsource sex for the times where the one partner can't give sex. And they agree on the conditions. And so I really mean it. Like if that's what is going to solve this problem right now, that's what you must do. Go Maybe buy. she can buy the sex in form of toys. And she can masturbate, he can watch, maybe he can join. Do you see how you start playing with this thing? And it doesn't literally have to mean the end of a relationship. But what it does mean is maybe it's the end of the idea of your sexual life you had. But now you need to together form a new path or a new sex life and what that would look like.
0: Man, we weren't as a whole, but this is why we like you. All right, (laughs) I'm I'm sitting here trying to think. What would I do if I were this woman? (laughs) My mind (laughs) has just ran with me. Let's come back. (laughs) Third email. Hi, Tlaling. I offered to have a vasectomy Mm. after a very long discussion with my wife shortly after the birth of our third child. I truly felt her body had been through more than enough. She was grateful that I chose to do this, surprised even. I did my research. I spoke to the doctor and the urologist, but I've been stalling lately. I think it's a mental thing. I just cannot see my way clear to continue with this. I don't want to disappoint my wife, but I really Mm. want to rethink this idea.
1: Sure. What an amazing email i mean i think I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that he actually initiated this it yeah says, i offered to have him mm, and not enough i think men think of contraception as a shared responsibility um often people think contraceptives are taken by women and something that happens to women and i really like the fact that he he's aware that look there has been some births right that have happened and i do think that i need to give my partner a break which is fair because if you think about our reproductive lives at women as women in our mid-teens some of us are already on the pill or the injection or whatever you give birth and by the time you are 55 that's only when you can really start thinking about menopause properly that's a long time to be worried about the potential of falling or getting pregnant every single day that's a really long time. So I think mentally, it's really a good thing to firstly give women a break of, I can actually have sex and not worry about having a pregnancy. Sometimes you don't even have that orgasm and like, wow, like, you know, so it's really, really a good thing. And you find that women who are older post-menopause, because, and research has been done on this, because the the, the, the fear of getting pregnant is now removed, they mm-hmm. start to actually have much more liberated Sexual ah. lives, so how still like, to I got a groove back, which is groove back, way later in life. You see what I'm saying? So, there is some truth to that. Um, that older women are having some of the best sex lives, mm. but it's linked almost always to the fact that we our having sex often leads to consequences that are either life changing or they stay with us for the rest of our lives. And I think the vasectomy idea is fantastic. And often, what we forget is that medical procedures are a real thing and they can be daunting so there's nothing wrong with seeing your doctor twice three times four times to understand and he may have some questions i mean just the other day you know um a family member was asking me so what happens to the sperm once they've cut off the <laughs> you know the the, the once they've cut off the cord so all of these questions are valid and they are okay. real so you okay. need to find a doctor who can explain the process to you and literally a vasectomy can can be done within 30 minutes Okay, so I'm
0: hearing you say it's normal to have cold feet. Uh, Just arm yourself with more information.
1: And make the the best decision for you and your partner at the time. And I really, I mean, kudos to you because honestly, we don't talk about vasectomies. Um, we don't think about vasectomies enough and I think the the potential impact and what it does for sexual pleasure in the relationship is absolutely amazing Um, and we know about the side effects of contraceptives regardless of what they are for some people they are minor but for some people they are significant and often it's about painful sex dry sex low libido so if she can get off whatever contraceptive she's on boy I can tell you those fireworks are coming so don't feel bad for having Hmm. questions and, and having cold feet you know someone is literally going to take something in your body and tie it off it's okay just then don't sit with that maybe change your doctor people are very scared in south africa of getting a second opinion or changing their doctor completely see another urologist maybe and mm-hmm. and 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 find but find a doctor you trust if you don't trust your doctor then you need you need to change that person because you cannot then trust information they give you um, you know, I get that all the time. On Twitter. I saw my doctor today and they said this. What do you think? That That's not okay. You should be yeah. able to go to your I've doctor, you. consult properly, get the information and trust that you are getting the right, um, you know, the right care. Otherwise, you need to change your doctor. I've got you. This one says, I like how her first line
0: is, please, please, in capital letters, please don't say my name. All right. (laughs) I'm in my late thirties and not enjoying sex Mm. due to dryness. Mm. It hurts and I don't mind staying six months to a year Mm. and beyond, I guess, without sex. All Mm -hmm. right. Questions. There's three of them. One, will one ever enjoy sex while experiencing vaginal dryness? That's Mm -hmm. one. Two, can one go past the stage of vaginal dryness after some time? Three, mm-hmm. is there a treatment
1: for dryness? Mm, wow. Okay. Um, so vaginal dryness is one of the most common complaints um, that you know sexual health doctors you know get from women, and it's a combination of few things. Physiologically, yes. As you go towards menopause, that's in your late. Um, you know, 40s, early 50s, there will be some vaginal dryness that happens naturally because of the decrease in estrogen. But if you are also in a contraceptive, she's saying she's 30, that contraceptive obviously is some hormonal management, right? So it can have effects where you find that it leads to vaginal dryness, the injectable also um can do the same thing so she didn't say what contraception she, she's on but maybe no, she, she is hasn't. on a contraceptive a lot of women unfortunately are still depending on state clinics which is still offering high dose triphasic um oral contraceptive and maybe the trick for her would be going something with a lower dose estrogenic um effect and maybe like a biphasic pill as opposed to i need you to say that slowly you say triphasic. so what yeah, them, what she, <laughs> what she must do is if she's on a uh, on a, on the pill, when she's consulting next time, just find out the dose of the estrogen and find out if there are other options that the actual pill, the hormone content of the pill is a lower estrogen, but that still works effectively to prevent um, pregnancy. But it okay. does have lesser side effects around sexuality, things like libido. So you, she okay. may be having a physical pain in the vagina that making her not want to have sex right but on top of that one of the side effects of contraception is that your libido will go down so she may be having two problems but she's obviously focusing on the pain because usually people when consult it's because i have pain which is valid but one thing that we never speak enough of is the fact that even if everything is okay 100% okay if you are using condoms the latex has this oil But the oil is to preserve its integrity and to make sure that it works well. That oil isn't there for pleasure or to enhance, you know. It's not lubrication. It's not lubrication. So you actually have to invest and spend money on getting a lubricant. Because not enough um, uh, public clinics have free lubricants. A lot of them are limited to clinics working with key populations around HIV prevention. So you're going to have to buy a lubricant. If right now in your cupboard there is no lubricant, Dr. T has a question for you. What kind what of, sex, kind are you of sex are you having? Because trust me, someone between the two of you is having some pain, some burning after sex when they urinate, you know, some discomfort. Um, Often other reasons, right? Like I said earlier on dermatological problems. So you can't get eczema around the vulva. Then that can make um, sex painful. You could have lupus and that can make sex uh, painful, right? You could have flu and take flu medication. Those tablets that dry out your nose, they dry out your mouth, but they also dry out your vagina. It's the same mucous membrane. So Let's she needs to have your doc. yeah, have your annual checkup. Make sure that by the time we hone in on the vaginal dryness and sort that out as a problem, we it's haven't left that. any other medical causes for that. Um, and then, of course, to have the discussion of contraception, but lube, 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 lube. lube, lube. You mentioned eczema around the vaginal area.
0: Mm. Could that be as a result of chafing? Or are you talking the possibility of somebody having general eczema and then it um, going on to Mm. the vaginal area?
1: So you've got like different types of eczema. So you've got, you know, allergic dermatitis where you eat something and you get an allergy. But in the in the areas like the vagina it's probably more like of a contact dermatitis. So there's something that you are coming into contact with that's causing localized inflammation of the skin, leading to itchiness, sometimes bleeding that redness, escoriation and all of that. And that could either be, firstly, some people have allergies to fibers in clothes that they are not aware of. Some yes. people just generally have a generalized problem of eczema, right? And this the the groin the skin in the groin. ...doesn't unfortunately sometimes get spared and it does get affected and can spread depending on how your immunity is at the time. Maybe you are a diabetic patient, right, whose diabetes is not really well controlled. You may have chronic thrush in the area... That you are then scratching, and then as a result, because your fingernails are dirty, you you may have some secondary, you know, mild skin infections. So there's a, I mean, dermatology of the genitalia is a whole other thing, but it's really, really common. Um, and then, and then often what women do is they start douching and buying all sorts of things to try get rid of something um, instead of just consulting. A lot of people use, you know, so-called sanitary towels and pads and whatever else. Um, again, this commodification of the vagina and what the vagina is and isn't meant to do. So sometimes you are you may be allergic to a panty liner because of the perfume in it mm. or the that powdery substance sometimes that they put in these um, so-called feminine substance? products. So there's a lot of reasons which came first. And only a doctor can help you to determine, um, you know, is it the eczema that came first and now it's being worsened or is it something else that's then causing it. And I mean, the treatment, of course, will then depend on the severity and the cause. The time is 10 to 9. We conclude this sex talk when we
0: come back from this. Four year old man in an open marriage. Mm-hmm. My wife has always been okay with this since last year. She's been a bit funny for a lack of better words. <laughs> mm-hmm. She now refuses for us to play with toys anymore. She refuses threesomes. She refuses anal, which she knows I immensely enjoy. She went as far as passing a snide comment the other day saying, I have a boy I can do anal with, so why do I still want the same thing from her? I've asked her numerous times what's wrong. She refuses to speak. When she finally does make a move, she insists on missionary and nothing else. I'm truly miserable. Hmm. What do we have here?
1: um so the issue then is obviously not about just this one incident um i think there is a general i have a question in terms of how did they get to agreeing to have this open relationship in the first place place. who brought it up how was it brought up and were the questions and feelings of insecurity then dealt with did they get maybe um a therapist to help them navigate some of the issues sometimes you think you know I everything, mm. So, mm. but there are things that other people can tell you that you don't foresee. And you can at that stage already start talking about them. I will repeat this again. Seeing a sex therapist or a counselor does not mean there is something wrong. You are seeing them to improve, to enhance, to make sure that you can live your best life. Let's not wait for something drastically, you know, to happen first. So this couple will definitely require firstly individual therapy because you may find the power dynamics are so skewed that if you had to have therapy with them together, you're not going to get the complete story. And the person will tend to dominate the discussions, um, you know, and, 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 or, you know, when someone's like, Rakeb nakir. You know, they're not really asking you. It's like you must now also agree to this Mm. because, yeah. Mm. So that's what I find. Um, and and unfortunately, depending on how much this marriage or this relationship is important, they've got literally two options: do nothing and then suffer the consequences and the build up of continued resentment, or. Decide that, you know what, I value my relationship and marriage as my primary relationship and there is a problem that I can see. I may not be able to make sense of it, but I can see and I'm taking a decision to not involve other people in this marriage in terms of um, having open sexual relationships. But I will listen to my partner because we don't do enough of listening. We listen so we can answer. We are not listening to understand. So instead of wanting to answer and defend yourself, listen. Listen. And it's not always about you and your own sexual pleasure. The, the sex life before, how was that? Why did we need to feel that we need to bring other people in here? So already there's a lot of issues and a lot of stuff that could have happened before that led us to that decision in the first place. And now that that decision hasn't worked, we can't really just only focus on why it didn't work. She may just only have a missionary sex with you. Maybe she knows that if she doesn't have sex with you, you may withhold money for transport. A lot of women are having power dynamic sex. In place. yeah they are they are coerced into having sex because of dependency and often it's socioeconomics. um and so you will get the little sex that you will get, maybe just to get you to be quiet for the next week, mm. right and even they saying it's really not great, just missionary position is not really interested. and the question is why are you having sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with you I, I i'm 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 a little curious about what
0: you said um, mm-hmm. and it's actually i um, Only when you said it did it make sense um that you need to we need to understand how they even arrived at the decision to have an open marriage who suggested it Mm. how was it raised Mm -hmm. how was it handled how was the decision itself handled Mm. because you may very well sit them down and hear the husband say we're in an open marriage and the woman says oh well that's what he wants Mm.
1: and it's not just what he wants because that's what he wants There, there are there are certain losses that you can foresee either on your personal or for the marriage or for the family and you are thinking well if i could just let my partner do what he wants you know that whole thing i can keep them and maybe there are other facades that people are involved in maybe there is a a, a look that you want the rest of us to see and look at you guys as a couple and be like oh yes yeah, wait i believe wrong a lot of us it, yeah. are making decisions not really because they are truly truly the best for us but we there are these Personas that we've then um, you know taken up, but there are also these expectations from our family. Don't embarrass us. Keep the family. Yeah. So there's a lot of 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 issues why people tend to give in, even though you know, it's against their better judgment, but they still go and be like, you know what, maybe I will be okay. And of course, again, you know, you you can't some of these things um, Mm. for a long time. From the get-go, you can tell that some of these things are not going to work. So, but this couple is one there. Remember, I always said, even in in the big, sometimes, previously, that couple therapy is great, but sometimes we may have to branch off and people may need individual sessions. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. there's things that... He needs to go deeper into... She may have stuff that she may go deeper into. Couples don't really talk. Me. You'll be surprised about how much True. of our sexual history yeah, we right. never really share with each other. And again, you know why? Because women are often shamed. Body count. Oh, you've slept with five, ten men. Ha! You're right? Mm, so you, you often play down and, and you pretend like, you know, uh, some of the things, you know, um, haven't even impacted you when maybe they have. So there's a lot. There's a lot that... Um, you Know can go down, um, and it, it does take time because again, these problems didn't happen overnight, so you need patience while you navigate it. But decide from the get go what you're doing are you guys in therapy to stay together, improve your marriage, and then have the best sex life you can have, or are you in counseling to make sure that things are amicable at the end? It's always mm-hmm. important to know because you can't have one partner working at separating amicably and then one working at making things better and having the best sex life ever, you're making sense. and then you commit and make conscious decisions every day on how you are going to achieve that as a person in the relationship and then as a couple.
0: Sex therapy, is it a thing?
1: Like It's a real thing.
0: No, no. What Actually, no, that didn't come out right. Is it a thing that black people, our people, voluntarily get up and go for? You know what makes no me crisis? sad about
1: sex therapy is that it's really only available for those who can afford private therapists. Okay. Um, the health system, again, is not catered for prevention, but also it's not affirming of your right to sexual pleasure. So how we are we at the clinic? We have an open relationship. Can you imagine the response you're going to get? Oh. Right. So you, you're not, unfortunately, which is one of the saddest things ever. We don't have enough um, spaces that are freely available for people to access. Um, and again, the issue of, you know, sexual pleasure being a human right. If you affirm that it is, it means that everyone must have access, right? Um, mm. And therefore, we must create those things. But if you never want to affirm it, which is the current status quo, then you never really have to do anything about it because for you, it doesn't even exist. It's not even a thing, which is really unfortunate.
0: And this is why the likes of you continue fighting the good fight. Dr. Dr. Ling, this is what as we usual, had. It has been enlightening. It is exactly one minute past nine. Where we've even gone overtime. We were always going go to so overtime. Bye. <laughs> Thank Thank you thanks so for joining much. us, guys. <laughs> Please post that link. You said you're going to post our long link. I will. Um, And let's share the perspective. Yeah. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And that's where we leave it for Metro FM Talk tonight. For